Hi, I'm Blake. I'm Caleb. This is the Sunday Underground. Uh, so last week we talked about prophecies, 2023 prophecies. Yeah. I hope that everybody listening to that episode, you know, didn't I didn't cause too much anxiety in your lives because uh, I was on edge for a bit. But um, we mentioned uh, spontaneous human combustion. Yeah. And we wanted to know more about it. And uh, so I dove into it. And it's wild. It's a crazy concept when you really think about it. It really is. Um, what if you saw it? Oh, in I would person? panic. Is that has anyone seen it? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. There's eyewitnesses of just people what bursting into flames. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. You would probably be crazy after that, I would suspect, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. I would, you know what? I'd think, I'd be like, what is this witchcraft? What, why is this person? Is this real life? Yeah. Am I dreaming? Am I imagining this? Like, I just don't, I can't wrap my mind around it. I can't either. Um, like I said last week, there's a, a bunch of cases about this. Um, so I think this is going to be part one. And then I'm going to take a break and then we'll eventually get to a part two because it's, it's, there's like over 200 cases. Sure. It's that's a lot. cool. Yeah. Um, so before we get into all of the cases, it's, it might be a little boring to people, but I really think that we need to talk about like the science behind it or the theories behind it. I think, no, I don't think it's boring at all. I think that's the whole point. I didn't think so either. Like, I was, I want to know what happened. I'm kind of, I was interested like in the why. Yeah. So, you know, just bear with me for a minute and we're going to do the science part. It's all good. So spontaneous human combustion, also known as SHC, according to the National Library of Medicine, refers to a situation when a human body is found with significant portions of the middle parts of the body reduced to ashes, Mm -hmm. much less damage to the head and extremities and minimal damage to the direct surroundings of the body. Mm -hmm. Typically, no absorbable observable source of ignition is found within the vicinity of the victim and a bad smelling oily substance is noted. So that would most likely be like the fat in your body. Yeah. Which when I think about just kind of makes my stomach turn a bit, Yeah, you know, melted fat. Yeah. So there was a book published in 1823 called medical jurisprudence. And then an article written by L.A. Perry in the uh, 1938 British Medical Journal. And it stated that there was a common occurrences found in the cases of SHC. The victims are alcoholics. In most cases, they're elderly females or like um, just like elderly people. The body has a lighted substance um, that it is like come in contact with. So... I don't know if that would mean like maybe uh, you have like hairspray on your body or, you know, something flammable like Mm. alcohol. You've spilled it on yourself or, you know, something like that. Um, They've also noticed that the hands and the feet usually fall off of the body. Holy shit. Um, The fire has caused very little damage to combustible things in contact with the body. And the combustion of the body has left a residue of greasy, fetid ashes and a very offensive odor. That's what intrigues me the most. You could be sitting in your recliner watching 6 o'clock news, 
burst into flames. Your hands and feet have fallen off because of being burnt. And then the chair is still like 95% intact. All right. What is that? What is it about the lady we talked about last time? She, uh, or two two episodes ago, there was she literally burst into flames. Her chair was burned. Newspapers, the like the very first thing to catch fire, weren't touched. I just don't understand. I don't either. I don't. I don't get it. And still, after doing like all this sciencey stuff and reading about it, they still really don't know. Like why? So. In 1984, a forensic analyst by the name of John F. Fisher and a science investigator, Joe Nickel, they conducted research into this phenomenon for like two years. And during their research, they found that the bodies that were burned had been close to a heat source at the time of their death. So like a candle or a lamp or a fireplace. Space heater. Yep. Maybe. Yep. The, so the studies... Um, they studied like accounts from the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries, and they found that in most accounts, the victim had been intoxicated. As far as, you know, nothing else but the body being burned, they said that can be explained. They said that when fires burn, they usually burn upward and they have a, uh, like a hard time moving like horizontally or pushing out. The fires from the body would be pretty small and nearby objects wouldn't be close enough to catch on fire. But the if you're sitting on a chair, though. Right. I mean, I get it. It goes up and you're sitting chairs down. Most most chairs are like cloth. Yes. Yep. And then it's got the stuffing in it. That's incredibly like flammable. I don't know how that's easy, easily explained. I, I don't, don't know. understand why they say that at all. Uh, well, they also found that the bodies that had uh, spontaneously combusted, they were found near chairs or on rugs or near couches, and that those items would have uh, contained matters that would have retained melted fat from the person's body, which would have caused the body to be burned and more of the liquefied fat to be dispelled. And when that happens, that's known as the wick effect. <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of like weird when you think about it the wick effect because you think of like a candle right and uh like the the wax melting around you know and then that's like what your fat's doing melting so that was really disturbing to think about yeah interesting so the wick effect suggests that the human fat will combust on a wick like clothing but at room temperature I don't know how that's a thing or how that could happen. That's just what the science says. Now, there was also a study done by research biologist Brian J. Ford in 2012, and he set out to disprove the thought that SHC is caused by the wick effect. So the human body is 60% water, okay? The only flammable elements in your body are fat tissue and methane gas. Now, fun fact, uh, one human emits 0.35 liters per day of methane gas. And that's either, you know, farting or even just talking and breathing. Mm -hmm. So now in some cases, a body can produce acetone. Now, this is really interesting. You know, like nail polish remover and stuff. Yeah. Your body can produce that. Mm. Acetone is incredibly flammable. Yeah. So the production of acetone in your body would be caused by either alcoholism, diabetes, 
or low carb dieting, like uh, like the keto ketosis thing. Yeah, I had no idea your body could produce acetone. That was wild to me when I read that. But since it's flammable, you know, it could make sense. Now, for his experiment, he soaked abdominal tissue from pigs in acetone, and he like lit it on fire. And there's obviously so much to this experiment, but it was way over my head. So, oh my fucking God, he's back. Um, so. That's a different guy. Is that a different guy? Yeah. Oh God. All right. Okay, so he conducts his experiments and I found the results of his findings. And I found it on labnews.co.uk and it was written by himself, Brian J. Ford. So he wrote that a patient experiences ketosis. Acetone and its allies form a reserve in the fatty tissues of the body and collect in a gaseous form under the clothing. The patient is thus potentially inflammable. A static spark from fabric or combing of the hair could set off fierce combustion. The energy required to trigger an explosion of gaseous hydrocarbons is as little as 0.2 mJ which falls below the threshold of human perception, whereas static sparks from clothing can produce a painful jolt. Mm. You know, like, which would make sense, you know, when you wear, like, a sweater or something and you're like, ah, you know, like you get shocked mm -hmm. or, like, you rub your feet across the carpet in socks or touch a balloon or, I don't know. Yeah. It would make, that would make sense that if if you are you know, diabetic or you uh, are an alcoholic or have something like that in your body that maybe you could catch on fire. If you're like a diabetic alcoholic who's dieting, don't walk on carpet. Yeah. Don't shuffle your feet across <laughs> carpet. Don't get near balloons. Don't do any of that. Don't rub a balloon on your hair. Yeah. <laughs> so... He also said that the reported cases support uh, his proposal perfectly. Many of the victims had high levels of body fat, which provided the fuel depot and likelihood of ketosis. The relatively fat-free extremities often survived the configuration relatively intact. Likewise, the heart and intestines. The areas that are consumed are centered on the abdomen. Abdom oh, that's so shit. That's hard. That's a hard word. Abdominal. Abdom. Abdomen. Abdomen. Oh, abdomen. Abdomen. Sorry. I was trying to say abdominal and make it sound weird. Anyway, it's an abdomen. So that is where the primary fat deposits accumulate. And in an era before static sparks from synthetic fibers, acetone-rich fat could likely spontaneously combust. Mm. The autoignition temperature of acetone is only 465 degrees Celsius. And... There's honestly a ton more to this experiment, and he can explain it a lot better than I can. So uh, you can find it all online. It's super interesting, and you can find it either at the website I just mentioned, or he has his own website, brianjford.com. Mm. So it's super cool, very fascinating. Yeah. A lot of research has went into it. It's really neat. Yeah, it really is. So before modern science came around, uh, people had a different thought of why, you know, you would spontaneously burst into flames. Mm -hmm. First, it was the wrath of the gods. And then it was like the lack of moderation or restraint on your life. Um, it could be that God, singular, mm -hmm. was, you know, striking you down uh, for being a sinner. And then after that, it was because a person's emotional state 
So if you were like too sad or too depressed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you could burst into flames. Or it could be a ball of lightning. That was also another one. You know, maybe you got struck by lightning and you just didn't know it. Um, a more spooky theory that I found was is that spontaneous human combustion is linked to poltergeist activity. According to Michael Harrison, writer of a book published in 1976, Fire from Heaven, he says that the force which activates the poltergeist originates in and is supplied by a human being. So ghosts are blowing you up. So now that the science part's over, we're going to get into some cases and we're going to start with the very first ever reported case. Okay. So in the late 14th century, there was an Italian knight named Polonus Vorstis. And he, you know, when he wasn't at war, he loved to have fun. He liked to sing and drink. He loved women. Uh, One night he was at his parents' house. He was with his family. And it's said that he had two ladles of strong wine. He started to feel sick. And when he went to throw up, he, you know, it wasn't wine that he threw up. He threw up flames and burst into flames and died. Mm. Now, that would be insane. I tried to wrap my brain around this, like, tried to rationalize it. Like, how could I, how could this have happened? Yeah. We all know, like, what alcohol is flammable. You know, you have, like, those fire breather people and, you know, they do all that. Is it, like, one of those situations? That is nearly pure alcohol, though. Is it really? Like, wine is, you know, 12%. Yeah. I didn't know. Like, I've always wondered that. Like, what? I mean, obviously, I know, like, fire breather people use, like, alcohol and stuff. But what are they using? Like, freaking Everclear? or Like, rubbing alcohol, I, th- I believe. Oh, for real? I think. Don't oh, quote me on that. Okay. But something that pure. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but I want to know, how did they not burn their mouth? That I don't know. I've seen it in person. I saw the singer of a band do it one time. It was real cool. Oh, jeez, that's wild. It was scary. He probably shouldn't have been doing it. Yeah. I've seen it. Tw- yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I saw, like, somebody light a shot. Like, it was a video. I never, don't think I've ever seen it in person. But somebody, like, lit a shot yes. on fire and, like, went to drink it, but it, like, spread everywhere. Yeah, Bacardi 151 is flammable. And they used to make these things called... I don't. I don't think it's really popular anymore. But th- like flaming Dr Pepper. Whoa! Actually, light it on fire. Yeah, and do the shot. And I've seen that too. Like people take the shot, and then they don't. They don't like it or whatever. It's so strong, so they spit it out, <gasps> and they literally have caught people in front of them on fire, and the whole room catches on fire because <laughs> everyone's panicking oh and just spreading, <laughs> spilling the booze, and then fire just spreads through the whole room. Oh, and, what a terrible chain reaction! Yeah. Oh, and you're God. talking younger people who are in the right state of mind right. anyway. So, but yeah. Uh, so I don't know about the. It was probably. I'm guessing it was probably wine, unless it was some type of moonshine, which is up there too. Like, I mean, that's almost one. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. It said he only had two ladles of wine, so we don't really know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Interesting. But what, uh, can we? We just need to pause for a second. What is a Dr Pepper shot? Because you know, a flaming Dr Pepper. If you know me, you know I love Dr Pepper. It's my favorite drink. Google it. All right, hold on. Let me Google it real quick because now I'm very curious. Flaming Dr Pepper shot. All right. Let's see. Uh, it's a popular party shot made. Let's see. 
It's a popular party shot, and you can make it by, like, dropping a shot or, like, a bomb, you know? Yeah. Um, in a beer glass. This is very weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it says the namesake soda is surprisingly not needed. Instead, right. when the drink is lit on fire, magic happens, and the combination of rum, amaretto, and beer mimics the taste of Dr. Pepper. That The rum would be one Bacardi 151. Which okay. is 151 proof. I so do you have to light it on fire or can you just like drink it? I and think it that's like the that? whole point. Mm. Okay, well that's pa- that's a pass for me because I don't want to accidentally light myself on fire or anyone else. Yeah, be safe out there. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no flaming Dr. Pepper shots, please. Yeah. We do not condone drinking fire. No, not at all. <laughs> okay. So now we have uh Cornelia de Brandy. She was the Countess of Verona, and she was known for being a big fan of drinking brandy. But she did something a little bit weird with it. When she was done, like, you know, drinking her drink and having a good time, she would rub it on her skin to relieve pain. Yeah. So, all right. Well, mothers rub whiskey and stuff on children's gums when, with their teething. That's right. You're exactly right. Makes okay. Sense. I didn't, You know, I have kids, and I didn't even think about that. I was, just reading it and I was like that's kind of weird but whatever um well on the night of March 15th 19 or 1731 she spontaneously combusted after dinner that night her and her maid went to her room to get Cornelia ready for bed they talked for a bit uh said their prayers for a couple of hours and then Cornelia went to bed the maid leaves, goes to her room, and goes to sleep. But the next morning, the maid uh, notices that her employer didn't wake up, you know, at the time she normally did. So she mm-hmm. went up there to check on her. And uh, she saw that she was on the floor in a charred heap in between the bed and the window was laying like what was left of her body. What? Mm-hmm. The brandy lady? The brandy lady, yes. And the maid was fine. They. Stop me if I'm wrong, but brandy is what they use when they like flambe and stuff, correct? I have no idea. Like they bring the thing to your table and like light it on fire. Yeah, I think that's is that brandy? brandy. I don't know. I'm not for sure. Um, but I did find an account written by Paul Raleigh in 1745 for the Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society, mm-hmm. and he wrote. Four feet distance from the bed, there was a heap of ashes, two legs untouched from the foot to the knee, with their stockings on. Between them was the lady's head, whose brains, half of the back, part of the skull, and the whole chin were burnt to ashes, amongst which were found three fingers blackened. All the rest was ashes, which had this particular quality that they left in the hand— Sorry, this is hard to read because it's like 1745. I'm doing my best. (laughs) Yeah. When taken up a greasy and stinking moisture, the air in the room also observed cumbered with soot floating in it. Mm. A small oil lamp on the floor was covered with ashes, but no oil in it. Two candles and candlesticks upon the table stood upright. The cotton was left in both. But the tallow was gone and vanished. So like we talked about earlier, like the wick was still there, but the candle itself had melted. Man, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Somewhat of moisture was about the feet of the candlesticks. The bed received no damage. 
The blankets and sheets were only raised on one side, as when a person rises up from it or goes in. The whole furniture, as well as the bread, was spread over with moist and ash-color soot, which had penetrated into the chest of drawers, even to foul the linens. Nay, the soot was also gone into a neighboring kitchen and hung on the walls, movables, aid utensils of it. From the pantry, a piece of bread covered with that soot and brown-black was given to several dogs, all which refused to eat it. In the room above it was moreover taken notice that from the lower part of the windows trickled down a greasy, loathsome, yellowish liquor, and thereabout they smelled like a stink, without knowing of what, and saw the soot fly around. It was remarkable that the floor of the chamber was so thick, smeared with a gluish moisture, that it could not be taken off, and the stink spread more and more through the other chambers. So that sounds like a terrible, smelly time, and uh... it does. And okay, hear me out. Okay, For people to discredit the fact that spontaneous combustion is a thing. All the stories are like the same. That, right, and that's the weird thing is there's really like not much difference in. The stories, uh, other than, like, the time period or, you know, yeah. whatever. It's always the same thing. Like, stuff wasn't burned in the room. Like, stuff was left untouched in a room. When you see, like, fires on TV, like, starting a kitchen, they go out of control. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's weird to me that spontaneous human combustion is always like, no, that's not a thing. That's not what happened. It's just so. Mm-hmm. I need to know more. Yep. <laughs> now moving on to Nicole Millet. And she passed away February 20th, 1725. The night of February 19th, Nicole and her husband John went to bed around 8 p.m. after a busy day of running the local inn called the Lion Door. That's French. So I think I said that right. Anyway, it's located in Reims, France. Now... Nicole, she tossed and turned, and she wasn't able to fall asleep right away. Uh, So she went downstairs to the kitchen and warmed herself up while her husband stayed in bed. And, you know, shortly after she went down, he fell back asleep. Around 2 a.m., he woke up to a foul smell filling the inn. So he got out of bed and went to go investigate. He went down to the kitchen and discovered Nicole dead on the kitchen floor about a foot and a half away from the hearth. Her body had been burned to ashes except for her lower limbs. A part of her head and a portion of her intestines were also left. The floor underneath her had been burned, but what's weird is that nothing else around her was burned. Right. There were wooden spoons, you know, a kneading tub nearby, and this was like 1725. I'm pretty sure everything was like made out of wood at that time, (laughs) you know, like buckets and stuff. Yeah. Um, so Jean, he's arrested for the murder of his wife. Authorities kind of thought that he had killed her because he wanted to get with the young woman who worked for him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, no, that's like not it at all. I didn't, I didn't burn my wife alive. So his case went to a higher court and 
In comes Claude Nicolas Lecat. He was a famous French surgeon, and he convinces the court that she died because of spontaneous combustion. Okay. And the court court ruled that her death was caused by a visitation of God. And it's also worth noting that uh, Nicole was a known drunk. Hmm. Booze, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. So now we're going to jump ahead in time. We're going to go to Robert Francis Bailey from South London. This uh, incident took place September 13th, 1967. Early in the morning, a group of women were waiting for the bus to pick them up for work. One of them noticed flames through the window of an old abandoned building across the street. So she calls the fire station and lets them know what's going on. And... The fire station comes and I found the account that one of the firefighters that responded to the call. Mm -hmm. This is what he said. Okay. He said, when I got in through the window, I found the body of a tramp. Now, keep in mind, they meant homeless person. That was just what they called them in the 60s. Right, right. It's not me saying this. It's this guy. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, his name, Bailey, he was laying at the bottom of the stairs leading up to the second floor. He was lying partly on his left side. There was a four-inch slit in his abdomen from which was issuing at force a blue flame. The flame was beginning to burn the wooden stairs. We extinguished the flames by placing a hose into the abdominal cavity. Bailey was alive when he started burning. He must have been in terrible pain. His teeth were sunk into the mahogany newel post on the staircase. I had to pry his jaws apart to release the body. The fire was coming from within the abdomen of his body. There's no doubt whatsoever that fire began inside the body. That's the only place it could have begun, inside that body. Wow. That's so that's a first-hand case. Yeah. Like a like eyewitness account. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I'm not saying that every homeless person is a drunk, but I mean, a lot of them do turn to alcohol or are alcoholics and have lost their homes. Sure. Um, so maybe he was an alcoholic, you know, maybe alcoholism really does have something to do with, you know, catching and bursting into flames. Yeah. Uh, his death, at first they were like, uh, you know. No, he's, it's not spontaneous combustion. But his death, they, they actually were, like, so disturbed by it. Like, you know, flames just coming from his body that they, like, ruled his death unknown causes. But what I want to know is, how did this man have a four-inch cut in his stomach? Yeah. Like, there was no, like, story, like, they never found, out, like, who, who, if he was cut by someone or, you know, that was never found. It was just spontaneous combustion. Weird. Okay, so now we have Margaret Hogan. She was an 89-year-old woman who lived on the outskirts of Dublin. Since she was an older lady, she needed some help around the house every now and then, so she had a neighbor who would check in on her. Uh, March 27, 1970, her neighbor, Miss Rigney, went over there to check on her, you know, kind of help her out, wash her hair, you know, those sort of tasks. Mm -hmm. Margaret took a seat in the chair, like her chair by her, the fire to relax for the night, and Miss Rigney went home. 
Margaret was found the next morning with the lower half of her legs being the only thing that was left of her body. The rest was ashes. Her surroundings were left in normal condition, except for the chair she had been sitting in. That was, you know, had burned to it. Um, A TV had been melted, and the plastic flowers sitting on the table had also been melted. A pathologist said that he had never seen such complete destruction of human tissues. So that's a weird case, too. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, how how is the whole house not going up in flames? How did the table not catch on fire? How did the... TV stand not catch on fire. Right. Isn't that weird? Yeah, just very specific objects and her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I have I don't know. I don't either because part of my mind like wants to explain it rationally. Like, oh, they were smoking a cigarette. They just caught themselves on fire. She got to her blanket touched the fire, you know. But wouldn't your whole body burn? Not just, like, start from, like, the middle because nobody ever has the middle part of their body left. Right, right. So, like, all these other—I'm no scientist, but that would believe—like, lead me to believe it starts in your gut somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then since, like, stuff from here up is missing, like they said, fire generally goes up, not out. You think in 2023 we would have an explanation? Yeah. Are people still researching, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look on current research. I know that um, Brian J. Ford, I believe that was in 2012. Mm. I guess for the part two, I'll look to see if there's any current research going on. It's weird. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. Now, there are two people that I found that have claimed to survive spontaneous human combustion. Okay. We're going to start with Jack Angel. He was a traveling clothing salesman, and on the night of November 12, 1974, he pulled his motorhome into the parking lot in Savannah, Georgia. He was tired from his drive, so he went back into his motorhome and went to bed. But when he woke up, he had burns all over his body. His arms, his legs, it was all over his back. He said it was between his groin. But he noticed that nothing in his motorhome was burnt. Cabinets, clothing, not even his bed or pajamas were burned either. Mm. That one, that weirded me out the most. Like not, you know, not even his bed that he was asleep in was burned. Right. And you're on sheets and blankets. That's incredibly flammable. Right. So he woke up in the hospital a couple of days later and the doctors broke the news to him that the fire seemed to originate from inside his body. So his were his organs burned? You know, that's weird. I read into two different cases that said that the fire originates from inside your body. Well, if it does, then your organs would burn. Right. I mean, but it never said anything about that in any of the cases that I I, I looked up. It's all so bizarre, yep. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So this ordeal, it was obviously really traumatizing for him. He ended up losing his arm from an infection, and then he had, like, some psychological issues after the fire. I mean, which I get. You would never want to go to sleep again? No, I'd be scared. Yeah, I'd be so scared. I'd be, like, burst into flames at any minute. Yeah. So he eventually sued the manufacturer of the motorhome company, but lost. And then his wife divorced him, and then he lost a bunch of money. So his stories, like, he, he, you know, became a shut-in, um... 
it's it's really sad. Um, he also changed his story during the trial, and he stated that it wasn't actually spontaneous human combustion, but that the water heater in the motorhome had burned him when he went to check on it. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, spontaneous human combustion, that's a pretty far out there thing to believe in a far out there thing, especially to try and convince a jury of. Yeah. I can imagine that, you know, like with the psychological issues he had from it, um, that maybe he just like gave up in the middle of the trial and was like, I'm not even going to try and convince anybody of this because I know it sounds crazy. So, fucked up. Yep. So then we get to the last guy who survived, and this guy's name is Frank Baker. Now, this was recent. This, or not, I guess 1995 isn't recent, but it is to me because the 90s don't seem that long ago. Sure. But anyway, his name is Frank uh, Baker, and he is a Vietnam veteran who received two Purple Hearts. And he survived almost being burnt alive. There wasn't much to him that I could find, but um, he said that in June of 1995, he was sitting at home on the couch with his friend Pete and they were getting everything ready for a big day of fishing. And he said, they, you know, they were laughing. They were having a great time when all of a sudden Frank has flames covering his body. Pete sees it and he's like, what is going on, you know? how did this guy just burst into flames? They weren't doing anything with flames. They're both understandably freaked out, but they get the flames put out and they go to the doctor. The doctor also tells Frank that he had been burned from the inside out. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I don't even know what to say about it. I don't either. How... If you've ever had like heartburn or indigestion, how bad that feels? Oh yeah, that sucks. That's really painful. How would that? I mean, I need to know. I need to see like interviews from these people. Yeah. Are, did you did you find anything like that? Um, I didn't really look. You know, that's for whatever reason YouTube is not something I utilize when I do my research. Yeah. Um, but I I need to because maybe there is an interview uh with him. Hold on, let me let me check real quick because now I'm curious. Let's yeah, see. it's just so bizarre. Like, Frank. if a fire started inside your body and you're able to talk about it afterwards, mm -hmm. like, it just doesn't, nothing, like, computes. Yeah, he was uh, on the Science Channel. Um, he was, uh, it says, spontaneous com combustion victim, the unexplained files. It says, Frank Baker talks about his experience when he suddenly burst into flames. The doctors concluded he burned from the inside out and was a victim of partial spontaneous combustion. Damn, mm -hmm. I need to watch that. Yeah, I'll send you the link because it's really cool. Okay. Uh, or it looks really neat. And, you know, I mean, if it's on the Science Channel, then maybe, maybe it's real. This is incredible. But yeah, there's. I found a ton more cases on it. Um, like I said, there'll be a part two. Uh, I'm going to include the lady who was uh, sitting at a kitchen table with her family just talking. And uh, her one of her family members swears up and down that all of a sudden uh, flames just burst out of her mouth and she resembled a dragon. She burned just like right alive on their floor. What? And I, I saw a picture of it. Only her feet were left. Like, or like her, from her knee down. This sounds like 
like a wormhole I could like go down? Oh, it's uh, I had to like stop myself because the science of it, there's so much, so, so much. But I didn't know if anybody would be interested in science. I didn't want to bore anybody in case they weren't. So, uh, but um, yeah, I, I read that there's over 200 cases. And if you Google it, you can find a bunch but i'll definitely send you this uh youtube link because it looks yeah. really cool i want to watch it too so yeah that's it's insane yep. this has been a good one thanks <laughs> i like i enjoyed it i enjoyed yeah. uh researching about it i mean mm. i just don't understand it no apparently no one does yeah they still are just you know they do their experiments and i mean really all you can do is make an educated guess sure so but i guess that's better than nothing it just sounds like people are like essentially pickling their livers and their liver is so full of like a sponge full of alcohol or whatever. Yeah, and that's the thing. Somehow. I kind of want to know like how does alcohol break down in your system when you drink it? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like it gets into your bloodstream, right? Right. Um so, so it's got to break down in, in different ways and go to other things, you know, like you said, like your liver and mm-hmm. then you like pass it when you go to the bathroom. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, what of that is left? Has it just like saturated your body? Is it, you, and you know, another thing too, you can, you can smell alcohol on people, not just like on their breath. Sometimes it seems like it's like just coming from their pores. Right. You know, like they've they've just consumed so much alcohol, it's now like just leaking out of like their or not leaking, but you know, like the smell is coming from their mm-hmm. arm mm-hmm. or whatever body part. Um, so I wonder if maybe that has something to do with it. Like very well could. Like the like the gas or vapors, I don't know what it would be called once mm-hmm. it gets in your body and starts like metabolizing or whatever. Yeah. But maybe that's it. Because a lot of these people were drinkers. Right. Like big drinkers. So fascinating. Yeah. Makes you think twice before you go home and crack open a cold one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to do it for scientific purposes. <laughs> just, you know, just. <laughs> I'm going to drink until I burst into flames. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. But, yeah. uh, yeah. For science. Anyway. Yep. So that's all I have for you today. We're going to do a part two soon. So that'll yeah, be fun. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, if you send us a crazy story, or if you find a crazy story, yes. Um, Sunday Underground Podcast at yes. gmail.com. Yes, that's correct. Uh, I also have an Instagram too, uh, Sunday Underground Podcast. You can uh, shoot me a message over there. If anybody has anything yeah. they would like, me to talk about or want me to research or you have any wild stories please send them in because yeah. i would love to or see if them. any scientists would love to be on our podcast and join us for an episode oh my god as well yeah that would be so cool i would uh, love to pick the brain of a scientist yeah i need some insight on this mm-hmm. uh i can't stop thinking about it i know <laughs> <laughs> all right until next time thanks bye That's crazy. I know. It's wild. It's fucking crazy.